Hi, warm welcome to our webinar here today regarding hybrid workplaces and hybrid events. My name is Victor Underwood and I'm the CEO here at Quick Channel and we're happy to see that so many of you could make it. Today is going to be a knowledge-packed webinar where we have one of our experts with us, Sofia Fisk from Divo is here as a specialist and expert within digital workplace and solutions. And, and we will also get some trends and look into the future uh, and hear more about her experiences within this field. Uh, short intro on how this works. So we have the, uh, yeah, the introduction here, then we have the interview with Sofia. And then after that, we will look quickly at the quick channel solution and how we support and can be used for digital events and the hybrid events. And in this webinar, you can ask your questions in a chat. There's an open chat where you can interact with each other. There's a Q&A chat room where you can ask questions to us and me will respond or Sophia will respond uh, here during the webinar or in the end of it in the Q&A. And then we will also ask some questions to you. So we will ask some polls and understand how you see these topics today and how you work with them today, because we are also interested to learn. And uh, if you have to jump off midway through, or if you have a colleague that you feel like, wow, this was so interesting, we need to share it with them, then rest assured, the Quick Channel live streamed webinar will also be published on demand on the same link and we will follow up with the, with an email informing you about that as well. So uh, yeah, and here we go. So chat, polls, please interact and keep this event as uh, interactive and fun as possible. But that's enough from me over here in the studio. And now I would like us to go over to the interview with Sofia Fisk. Hi. Welcome here to our studio uh, and with us today in this uh, knowledge uh, intensive and knowledge sharing webinar, we have Sofia Fisk. Uh, could you please tell us a little bit what's your background and what's your expertise? Sure. Sofia Fisk from Divo. I work as a digital workplace strategist and uh, topics I usually cover and work a lot with is uh, how do we collaborate in smart ways? How can we communicate in good ways in the digital workplace? And um, yeah, what kind of behaviors drive uh, good ways of, of working, valuable ways of working? Super interesting. And we're really happy to have you here with us today. And I'm sure many of you are also excited to hear more about uh, yeah, what we can learn from, from this conversation and from, from your experience. Uh, and looking back at the last two years, a lot of things have changed, uh, not only for uh, the, the workplace, but also for organizations and how we look at the interaction, communication, meetings and events. Uh, but if we look at from a, like a workplace uh, uh, standpoint uh, and from a workplace angle, what has been the biggest challenges that we've seen in the last couple of years and, and, and now? So I think the the trend that's going on right now is something we've seen for quite a couple of years now, um, where it comes to working more flexible hours and deciding both when and where I should do my job. And uh, what kind of happened during the pandemic is that we started doing that in a really 
big extent and in many different industries that maybe haven't done it as much before. Uh, we've proven that it's possible. Uh, a lot of organizations told their employees, like, no, we cannot keep the same productivity level. Um, we need to meet for this and this and this reason. And we've proven that it's actually possible. So this kind of puts us in a situation now where we know that, okay, we're not going to work in the same way that we did before the pandemic. We're not going to work in the same way that we did during the pandemic because then we were limited by society in, in some sense. And so we need to find this new form. And that's what we call the hybrid workplace. And the biggest question for organizations right now is, how do we do this in the best way? Do we allow total flexibility and everyone can choose exactly when and how they should work? Or should we steer this to some extent and say that some things should be done from an office and in other situations you choose? Or should we steer it a lot? So kind of how should the flexibility look? It is uh, some quite some big questions yeah. in there. And, and uh I believe, or like looking at just at our organization, we've grown a lot in the last two years, and uh, it has been a challenge on like how to onboard people on distance mm -hmm. and how to recruit on distance and and how to maintain that everyone is informed and communicated internally as well. Um, and we have the, also like been discussing recently now when the pandemic is hopefully starting to come to an end. How should we do? Should we be? Uh, and we've decided on like some days in the office, mm -hmm. but then more of the days in the week you can choose. Mm. And we also see it's quite individual. Some people choose to be here four to five days in the office, and some only two. Yeah. Um, do you think it's a difference between like the the employer perspective and the employee perspective? Definitely, I do. I think that us as human beings have seen a lot of positives with having this flexibility, better work-life balance. A lot of people say they can focus better, maybe because you're not disturbed in the same way as you were in the office, which has both positives and negatives because then we're not as available for yeah. our colleagues. Uh, so I, I think as an employee, I really see my perspective and I see this works really well for me. Whilst from an organizational perspective, you say that, okay, a lot of things do work well. We see that, but we also see some challenges. For instance, these more spontaneous reactions and more cross-functional collaboration has been quite lacking during COVID. It's natural for us to work with, you know, when we have a process or a project or a team, we have a clear task at hand and um, we need to communicate with people, then we do it and it works really well in a digital environment. But when it comes to this more cross-functional, maybe like the marketing team benefits from hearing something from the product team and, uh, and from the sales team, but we don't really have the forms or structured work for it. It's more like sometimes we have lunch together. Those kind of interactions are kind of suffering right now. And through that also company culture you mentioned onboarding new people, building relationships is something we do really good face-to-face. Uh, -face. Yeah. So that's kind of what the organization see 
and kind yeah. of like some things work really well, other stuff not as well. Um, but I also want to say though that uh, I strongly believe in having this really high flexibility and as an employer really working with how can we bridge this gap in the digital world. Yeah. So don't just say, okay, we can't do these things uh, it, remotely. You have to come into the office. Otherwise, we will not build culture. Use the office to build culture because it's a great way to do it, but also work with like what are our digital or remote options for sewing this experience together. Yeah, super interesting. And I think that uh, we spo- spoke a little bit before this recording as well and and you said it also depends a little bit on like what uh, uh, like what kind of roles you have like Definitely. personally I'm good at working undisturbed at home yeah. but maybe the organization or the other teams uh, have benefit from this serendipitous moments by the company being or... available yeah exactly I think um before the pandemic when we had like a workplace strategy it was just really clear like you come into the office and <laughs> maybe a few times you can work from home and in this in this sense mm. now i believe this is going to have to be much more individualized uh we're going to have to give the mandate to to managers and kind of uh, deciding who should be able to work in what way it's going to be role based like can i do all my work tasks uh, remotely or not of course, and I think also we're going to decide more within our teams, kind of how do we feel like it's going to work for, for us within the overall strategy that the company sets up, of course. But uh, you you can't really, everyone is not equipped to to work remotely in the same way. It's also, it's not only about your role, it's also about self-leadership. It takes quite a lot of discipline to work from home, we have more distractions at home and studies studies actually show that you have to be more motivated and engaged in your work in order to be productive from home. Uh, and most of us handles this perfectly. But from an employer perspective, you will have people who manage it better and not as well. And you're going to have to like kind of deal with um, this and it's really complex and quite sensitive questions. Uh, should, should this be an incentive or is it a given? Uh, you know, how should we position should we treat ourselves? Different people differently, yeah. different roles or mm-hmm. different competencies. And is it up to the employer to educate and teach your employees how to lead yourself so that they can have the autonomy to work from home? Or are you allowed as an employer to say, no, you're, you're getting paid to do work and I decide where you are. So a lot of people are asking these questions now and it's a big question in, in order to attract talent forward, I believe. Yeah. Where you position yourself on the scale. Yeah, it would be tricky to say office eight, eight by six, uh, five days a week. And that's... Uh, I think that's they're going to have uh, a really hard time. And recruiting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if we're looking into like uh, the like communication part of things uh, when we are in this like hybrid environment, like what are the challenges there? Uh, I think we've we've touched it a little bit that it's 
more of the spontaneous dialogues, cross-functional dialogues. Uh, another one is that we uh, we know we just don't have the the same really uh, the same situation when we're remotely and uh, face to face or in place. We can um, pick up subtle signals much better when we meet face to face. It's easier to look each other in the eyes and, and reading body language, even if the camera helps uh, in, in digital meetings. So I think first thing is really understanding that there's a difference. Yeah. And uh, the way we communicate when we meet is not always the best way to communicate in a digital environment. So realizing there's a difference and then just uh, placing the best way of doing stuff in the right context. All right, so that's super interesting, Sophia. Uh, if we're looking a little bit like, uh, now we talked a little bit about what's been in the last couple of years and also like where we stand right now, what the challenges are and, and uh, the, some opportunities are for both the employer but also the, the employees. Uh, if we lift our view and like look a bit into the future, uh, what kind of trends do you see and what, where, what are the opportunities that lie in front of us? I think communication-wise, when we look at collaborating and communicating, uh, in the near future, we will put more effort into this cross-functional that I mentioned earlier, kind of communication and, and collaboration. Um, personally, I don't really believe in uh, just telling everyone that, okay, um, ad hoc conversations doesn't work as well when you work remotely. So you have to come into the office. Like that can be part of the solution, talking to your employees around how we build relationship and how, how it's important for our culture that we actually meet. But parallel with that, really actually working with how we can bridge this gap in a digital environment as well and not leaving culture to be something that you have to meet physically for. Uh, and again, it's back to us communicating differently in a digital space and in a physical space and understanding what the obstacles are in the digital space. Mm. For instance, it's not as uh, comfortable for us to just take contact with someone that we don't speak to every day. So we need more moderation or moderating in um, digital space. Yeah. When you create communities and cross-functional ways of collaborating, make sure you actually put efforts into how do we do this in a good way in a digital sense, because it will help you drive the culture in this flexible kind of workplace we want in the future. And if we're looking at this, like creating communities and so on, like how could you do that today? Is there any like solutions out there for you to to have this uh, community feel also in the digital yeah. world. We're talking about applications like Yammer and Workplace by Mita. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little different from like Slack and, and Teams and, and uh, collaboration tools that are designed for you to work with your closest colleagues. I usually think of it like Teams is designed for your almost in real time, but 
uh, not really real-time communication. Like I know who the people are, I know what projects I have, I know my processes I'm a part of, and that's where I have that kind of collaboration. Day to day, every day, I'm there a lot of the time. Whilst these community-based applications like Yammer and Workplace is more driven by the subject, Mm -hmm. I don't need to know who the other person that I'm communicating with is, but we're interested in the same topic. Uh, and and it can both be for, for social reasons, but definitely for work yeah. as well. Like we have a common topic here, cross-functionally, who knows more about it, you know, sharing competences with, with each other and helping each other. Uh, those kind of dialogues. That's really interesting. So it's quite similar to like how it is in a, in a, when you're a private person in communities and yeah. where you have the interest or you share knowledge and exactly. then you're kind of trying to like apply that into the workplace. Yeah. How, uh, if we look at a little bit like the, the hybrid uh, events and uh, the, the larger meetings or the hybrid events, what are the, yeah, what should we think about there? What have you seen there as maybe both challenges and opportunities? Um. An interesting thing I read from the study Svenskarna or Internet, the one that came 2021, so their next last one, um, is that we do feel that completely digital events work better than hybrid events. And I think a reason for that is that we don't really put the effort into the experience for remote participants when we do hybrid events. So that that's a big challenge, I think, and something you should you should think about. Because the benefit is of course really big. When we do anything digital or in hybrid, we can reach a much bigger audience, of course. And the good thing about it being hybrid is also that you can tailor it to different people's needs. Like if my focus here is to really know more about this subject and I don't really care about anything else, then maybe I'm good as a remote participant but if i really do want to network or or know some more about it uh i i want to uh, approach it uh, and and come physically uh, and join that way so basically the same way we want to choose where where we work right now we want the flexibility that's what you give your uh, possible attendance if you if you do it in a hybrid environment yeah, and we see being in a, in a digital kind of event space where we where we are. We see that just like two and a half, three years ago, uh, if I would have, if we would have had an expert come and join us here in studio, living on the other side of the country, we would have asked, "Hi, would you like to join us in the studio?" And it would be, "Yeah, sure, we're coming up." Or, "Do you want to come at this really interesting breakfast seminar that we're hosting?" "Yeah, sure, I'll take the train for five hours and a hotel night." And if you do it today and like, hi, do you want to come and join our seminar, which will also be streamed as a webinar, uh, but do you want to take the train for five hours up, join in, eat a sandwich, drink a coffee, listen in, and then take the train back? It would be like people will look at you asking like you're a new UFO and like, no, I'm going to join, yeah, right? join, from, join from home, Yeah. Uh, even as a presenter at events mm-hmm. today. Uh, if it's not uh, too big, you want to join it on on distance. Um, so that's uh, looking at like the hybrid events. Um, 
And I know that you have some uh, ideas about uh, maybe how these events and interaction and communications might get better in in, in further in the, in the yeah. future. Uh, so if we live like if we look uh, at like bigger trends and a bit long term trends, what do you see and what, what do you believe in uh, will come? I'm a believer in VR and AR. I think that. Um, like we've been talking about a little bit, our biggest challenge today with working from different locations is that we can't really bridge the gap to the experience we have when we meet in place. And it's back mostly to social cues and seeing each other in body language and uh, the technology to help us bridge that gap, I think lies in VR and AR and especially in AR especially when it comes to hybrid because yeah. then you can both see the people in the room with you and add the digital object of your colleagues uh, and really get an immersive experience uh, so i think that will be good uh, big for events yeah. i also think it's going to be big for workplaces and how we interact how we have meetings but also how we maybe can meet in in other ways like social spaces onwards but we are some way away before that actually happens why is it happening today uh it's still too expensive definitely i think uh, vr has a head start on ar there but uh, ar is definitely too expensive still for many to invest in in at large scale yeah. like you buy one or two and you have it for a specific user case but when we're communicating or having digital events in AR or VR, the majority of us needs to have it. So yeah. that's why it's too expensive right now. And also the design of it, we're not, I, I still think they're too, too clumsy. I mean, having those headphones on for a whole day, is, they're still too large. We need to advance the design and the technology of it, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and software is, is also needs some... Uh, some working on but that's the easy part of the three i think yeah and it's being a lot of investment into the space definitely we see uh the big giants uh having a bit of a war of who's gonna win this battle now yeah. <laughs> for enterprise uh, um, uh i mean uh for for the consumer market it's especially gaming it's already really big yeah uh, so at the absolute latest Latest, latest, I think when that generation comes out to the work life, this is going to be totally mainstream. Uh, but personally, I think it's going to happen before that as well. Super exciting. Interesting to get some insights from Sofia's, uh, what do you call it? Trend, uh, yeah. <laughs> looking into the trend future. Spotting trend spotting. Sophia. Exactly. <laughs> trend spotting with Sofia. Uh, and the... Uh, we were discussing like the hybrid events before and there's a lot of organizations out there today that have been in uh, physical only before the pandemic that maybe digital only kind of forced into that in the last couple of years and now we're standing in front of these uh, hybrid events and, and are about to choose uh, platforms and technology. And just can you give some insight like what should you think about when you're looking at and evaluating a, a platform for to solve for this? Yeah, I think the most important thing is to make sure it can support you in a good way before, during and after the event. Uh, 
So before, what kind of needs do we have when it comes to uh, reaching or um, submitting requests for, for joining uh, during that we have, especially in hybrid events, this uh, interactivity with uh, digital participants, uh, making sure that digital participant experience can also come in to kind of the bigger room and uh, having a similar experience for for the people in place and uh, and the one joining remotely kind of feeling everyone feels like uh, we we do this or design this event for for them yeah. not feeling like an afterthought yeah yeah even if it doesn't look kind of the same, we don't have to ask exactly the same questions if we feel there should be a difference, but uh, still thinking about like, how should the cameras be positioned so they're good for digital experience as well, etc. And uh, I also think you should think about how to distribute this later, because a real positive with having a digital or hybrid event is is that when you're filming it you can record it hopefully you do and when you do you can also um, send it out and make sure you reach even even more people uh, later not only at the time when you when you send it so then also make sure of course that you have a platform that supports those kind of needs and following up with with people who tense of course usually we have an event for a reason so. yeah yeah, for sure. I think it's super valuable uh, advice and and especially the one about uh, how you can take an event and extend the lifetime. Because when you plan for any event, uh, you do a lot of like uh, what kind of content, speakers, you market the event to your audience, you get them to sign up. If it's physical, you order drinks and a physical place to be at. And if you would only do it physical, it lives for that hour or that half day, or that whole day, and then it's gone. But now when most things are hybrid or have a digital component that you can have it recorded and distributed on demand, then you can reach a much wider audience and you exactly. both get better return on investment for your event, hopefully. And you can also reach more bigger audience with, with your messaging. Yeah. And we actually met first time at the, the kind of the first event of what we thought was after the pandemic, yeah. which was... But it was in the middle of. It was in the <laughs> Not middle in the middle, but... It was yeah. in one of these... Uh, yeah. Where we thought it was over, but it wasn't. Yeah. And then it was... If we look at that event, it was uh, several times more viewers uh, watching it live uh, yeah. online compared to in the room. Uh, and, if, uh, and if we look at the statistics afterwards, it's several more times that watched it on demand that were there live. Yeah. Uh, and if we wouldn't have the digital component on that event, it would be hard to tell that say that it was a success. Mm-hmm. But since it was had this hybrid components, it's you can by by far say it was a success and we yeah. reached the kind of audience we wanted. So uh, yeah, I think that's super valuable to bring with. Definitely. Uh, all right, I think we're coming to an end here. Uh, it's been super interesting to have this conversation with you, and I hope that all of you watching online also have gained both some, I guess, challenging questions that you can bring with you and some transporting into the future and potential solutions. I want to say thank you very much, Sofia Fisk, for coming, being with us here today. Thank you. 
and we will get back to the studio. So thank you very much. Bye-bye. Looking at the quick channel solution briefly on um, how we support in digital events and hybrid events. So quick channel is a streaming and online video platform for uh, scheduling, registration page for your event, and then you run it live in there with a live control. You can do polls and chats and moderate it and open a little, a little bit what we've done today. And thank you so much for interacting with us. I've published some of the poll results in the poll results tab as well in the chat so you can see that you are confirming quite a lot of the experiences and insights that Sofia shared with us here today. And then in the Quick Channel platform, you can of course brand it fully. Now it's a Quick Channel branding on this event, but you can have your brand through and through, background, logos, overlays, registration pages, everything looking according to how you want it. And then when you're finished with your live event, we get into what we spoke about in the end of the interview with Sofia, that you can publish the, publish the, the event for on-demand, where you can actually reach an even larger audience that you might have had physical in the room, live online, but also then live uh, on, or online on-demand for your uh, viewers over time. And we can see that the popular events, they do have more viewers on-demand on average uh, when you look at the statistics over time. Uh, so don't forget to have a good publishing for your events on demand. And in Quick Channel, you can subtitle them with AI, you can edit the video and publish it and play channels. And we are GDPR compliant, WCAG, an accessible platform, and we have enterprise security features and, and excellent support. So uh, with that, we just want to give you an update on how we can support you with your hybrid events. So if you have a physical seminar or event where you also then stream it, so then it's a hybrid in a sense, and you can then allow for chat and polls and so on online. And now we've launched a functionality so you can, for example, create a QR code to a link in Quick Channel where the physical attendees can just scan it, open it up on their phone, no downloads required, and then they can interact with the polls and questions from you to the audience. So you can gain insight both from physical visitors and online visitors, and you can also have them interact in the chat. So that's uh, how we can help you with your hybrid events in Quick Channel and make them a little bit more the same experience and the same interactivity. Uh, both from your physical events attendees in the room and the ones online. And now I open up. If there's any questions, then you're more than welcome to ask them here in the uh, in the chat. Then we can bring them up. And if not, we will provide you with a follow-up uh, with a link to the event where you can share this to your uh, colleagues or anyone you might find interested uh, and that you can also uh, watch parts again if you are interested. And it doesn't look like we have any uh, questions coming in the chat today or right now and we promise to be about half an hour so we're about five minutes over so it's understandable if you need to drop off. So uh, I would like to thank every one of you that signed up and came and watched this today. We hope you got some uh, interesting knowledge from Sofia. We want to say again, big, big thank you for, to Sofia for joining us, sharing your expertise and your experience in our knowledge webinar. 
I wish you all a, a great day and take care everyone. Bye bye.